Welcome, welcome to the Wolves Within Podcast. It is September 29th, 2020, and it is, I don't know, 1,384 days into 14 days to flatten the curve. Um, so, let's start off with RBJ, I suppose, because that was the big story of the week slash weekend, and, um... Unlike some, I'm not going to sit here and say disgusting things about her because at the end of the day, she was a Supreme Court justice. She made her way to the highest uh, judiciary in the land. And from her political spectrum, she was a very accomplished woman. And uh, I think there's nothing wrong with being proud of, of your accomplishments. I can respect the fact that people that don't agree with me see her as a hero, if you want to say. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it is sad to see her go, but, um, now to put the political hat on, I'll say it's pretty well known that she's been sick for, I mean, we knew she was sick when I was going to university, so 2016, I, I really want to say that her health really started to to deteriorate during the Obama administration, so 2008, 10, 12, and um, I don't know, I mean, if she would have, forgive me for saying, swallowed her pride and uh, retired early, they definitely could have put through a Democratic nomination into the Supreme Court, but for whatever reason, she stuck it out and she wanted to see it till the end, and From my understanding, the last 18 months, she hasn't even been able to verbally uh, speak or anything. So if you want to look at it and what's best for the country, I I think it was best for the country for this to happen. And I'm sure people disagree with me saying that, but hey, man, oh, well, (laughs) that's politics. This is life. Uh, I don't know where we get the notion that life's supposed to be fair, but I can promise you there's nothing saying it should be. So, um, where should I transition to from here? I mean, I could talk about the Trump taxes. I have no idea why this is a story. We're covering a guy that's a billionaire that doesn't pay taxes in America. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Tell me something new. Tell me something new. And yet, for some reason, people like Bill Gates do the exact same thing, and yet... They're glorified as gods by the left. So I I don't really get it. Um, I saw just a minute ago a post from Robert Reich. And for you that don't know who Robert Reich was, he was the, um, what you call it? Not treasurer. He was, uh, I forget. He was under the, the Clinton administration. So he had literally the easiest job in the world because... America was going through the dot-com boom and didn't and had so much money we didn't know what to do with it. That was back when a middle-class family could go on a vacation out of state definitely once a year. Definitely. And that was when people still got pay raises once a year to keep up with inflation. So, um, yeah, he kind of had an easy job back then. Anyway, he was saying that Trump didn't pay taxes in, I remember, India... Philippines, and I forget the third country. He paid 
I don't know, it was like less than 200 grand or something like that in each. And he was like, yeah, so much for America first, right? It's like, the guy didn't break the law, man. His lawyers literally did what they're paid for. His lawyers are paid to save him tax money. If you want to complain about how lawyers can save tax money, then you need to complain about the current laws that the current lawyers are exploiting. Jeez, man. I mean, and let's not forget, we had a Democrat-led president and Congress. I don't think the Republicans had the Senate the entire eight years of Obama's eight-year tenure. I don't know. I'd have to look that up. I don't think they did. But anyway, if, if making corporations pay their fair share was on the number one ticket of American politics from the Democratic Party, why didn't shit get done? It's the same thing with Republicans. Tucker brought it up last night with the Supreme Court justice nomination. Like, fuck, guys. Can we get something done, please? Please? We've had the presidency. We had Congress for two years, and we've had the Senate for four. What do they have to show for it? Absolutely nothing. And that makes me wonder. I I really do wonder, because I see a lot of people bring it up, is that... And, and th- to be fair, one of, the per- one of the people that brought it up to me brought up a good point. He's like, look, man, laugh, right, same way, both wings are the same bird, which I've talked about on the podcast. I'm not a big fan of that argument. But he did bring up a good point, which was don't sit there in your house waiting for Trump to ride in on his white stallion and save the country. The fact that, one, we've let it get to this point, and two, we don't feel responsible for getting to this point, is disgusting. You should feel partly responsible for where we're at in 2020. I was watching Alan Jones a second ago, and he brought on this bigwig lawyer, judiciary, was in the UK Supreme Court, blah, blah, blah. This guy's got like a thousand different accolades, accolades, And he gets on there, and he talks about how it's so appalling what's going on in Victoria, and it's terrible, and it's not legally justified, and the governor, which is basically their judiciary oversight, needs to do something. And Dan Andrews broke the law, and she has, you know, legal responsibility now, and this and that and the other. It's like, dude, besides sitting in front of a TV screen, and I give him at least that much credit, because he's not hiding like most of the media is. But do something. You could get on Alan Jones and tell a bunch of people who already agree with you all you want, but that's completely different than using your political clout to actually get shit done. I mean, say what you want about guys like, I don't know, Colbert and, and um, what's his name? Um, Stewart, right? John Stewart? Right? I think that's his name. But anyway, at least some of these guys go out and actually campaign and, 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 and put forth effort into the charities that they care about. I, 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 you know, and that, may, that bring, makes me think about the whole Rittenhouse thing. Because when, when I was talking about that in the episode that I made during the Rittenhouse, this, it's hilarious how... These episodes are once a week, and it's like the the 24 news cycle can completely change in one week. Like, we haven't heard shit about Rittenhouse for a while now. I mean, with the exception of 
Tucker maybe once or twice mentioning it in the show in a week. But anyway, when I found out that Rittenhouse was a lifeguard at a Kenosha pool, I'm thinking in my head, man, like that easily could have been me. That easily. Now, I'm not, a, I'm not under 18 or anything, but that easily could have been me. You know, I, I have a personal attachment to Kenosha. I know people that live up there. I know people that live in Wisconsin. Shit, man, I used to do a lot of my shopping in Wisconsin because there's no tax on food and, and clothing. I've spent a lot of time in Milwaukee. I, <laughs> minus, and I haven't watched any NFL this year, but minus the Green Bay Packers, man. Like, I love Wisconsin. I love Miller Park. I love the people. I love the culture. I love a lot of things about Wisconsin. But it just made me think, what if, you know, growing up in Gurney, you're not that far from Kenosha, maybe 30 minutes or so, because Antioch's just further west of me, where I grew up. I mean, what are the chances me working at some place in Kenosha? And I'm not trying to sound all, oh, I'm so, you know, proud of my country, this or that. But, dude, I am. I am proud of my country, and I do care about my neighborhood. I can tell you right now, if they were burning houses down on the streets here in Sydney, I, w- I wouldn't let it happen if I were near it. No way. I'd take a stand somewhere. And I just can't believe that this kid's being pressed for first degree. First degree. I don't know if people know how that legally that works, man. But, but first degree is the worst degree because they're, they're basically saying that he was scheming. He was scheming the whole time, man. He was just sitting there waiting to kill someone. Yeah, someone with a medic pack and a life-saving background. Yeah, he, I'm sure he was scheming on how he could kill someone. Anyway, I just, it, it breaks my heart because I, I, I feel for people who want to take a stand right now. I mean, you just had that guy in Nebraska that, sh- that shot himself after prosecutors pushed for his arrest, after he stopped people looting his business. And I don't want to hear that because I've heard the argument from people very close to me. Oh, it's just stuff, man. It's just stuff. Like, your your insurance company will cover it, man. No, they won't. They consider it terrorism. That's what they're... Cons- it's amazing because the insurance company is called BLM terrorists. But God forbid the fucking federal government does the same. It's crazy. Anyway, the point is, is that we have a lot of people right now in our society who, I got to give them credit, they use their platform, which a lot of guys, Tucker, Anomaly, Pete Evans, whoever, they use this platform and they're constantly being uh, surveillanced and they're constantly being censored and fact-checked and all the rest of it. And you you look up these fact-checks half the time and it's like, if this information is partly false... All right, well, you show me partly false in the dictionaries. Show me partly true. There only is true and there only is false. Now, maybe you could say maybe not the whole argument's true or whatever, but the, 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 the euphemisms, this is why I really miss George Carlin, and I wish he were still around today. But this is the danger of euphemisms because euphemisms make things sound like they're not really the thing you're talking about. So you say partly false... That's saying a lie, 
without saying a lie. Because legally speaking, you can work your way around partly false or partly true instead of saying factual and a lie. And this is why I don't like the word sexual assault. I'd prefer to say rape because rape is a disgusting word. Rape is a disgusting act. Sexual assault implies, I don't know what it implies, because assault is battery, basically. And we use the word assault so liberally today that it there's really no meaning behind it. It's a very loose term. And sexual assault. That sounds so much less serious than rape. And of course, this is how it's designed. This is how it's supposed to be. You know, they don't want... This is why I, I watched some stuff on Hollywood again today. And I, seriously, I'm so glad... To, mind you, what I was watching on Netflix was Star Trek. <laughs> that's, that's what I was watching. I wasn't really getting into any of the weird... Like, I watched 15 seconds of Warrior Nun. And I was like, why is it every show in 2020 has to say... Jesus Christ, fuck, goddamn, blah, 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 a thousand times in an episode. It's like these writers are so stupid that they can't formulate one coherent monologue. One. Just one. I don't care if you swear. I, there's some great movies out there with films with, with tons of swearing in them. It's about when and where. Tact, there, there's no tactfulness to this. It's just all wow factor. Like these kids are watching porn from the age of eight, so how do you wow them now? Well, you gotta get even creepier. You gotta dive even deeper. The Pandora's box that is our culture is just... I don't know. A friend of mine recommended a book to me. And and I do need to read it, and I'm gonna have to look through my text messages to to remind myself about what the book's called. But it's basically talks about how there's ebbs and flows in society, and why we're having a counterculture now to the conservative movement, and blah blah blah. And, and and I'm I'm sure there's truth in it, because as a whole, as a society, we strive to be harmonious, and that's why the more that you have extreme, I don't know, like Satanists are getting pretty big in the U.S. The more extreme the Satanists get, the more extreme the Christians get. The more extreme the Christians get, the more extreme the Muslims get. The more extreme the Muslims get, the more extreme the Jew, the Jewish people get. So it's like everyone's just trying to outdo one another. Which brings me back to my original point with why I'm not going to talk disgusting things about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, because why? It's a human being, man. I didn't, I didn't appreciate when people did it to Scalia. I don't appreciate when anyone does it. John McCain, whoever. I don't, I don't care what their politics was, man. It's still a human at the end of the day. And it definitely ain't for me to judge them. But there, I like to say, there's a saying that I have, you judge others by the standard that you hold yourself. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I hope that... Uh, we could start holding ourselves more accountable. I mean, I hold myself more accountable for sure. I just started this podcast last year. I should have been doing this for 10 years. I should have had the courage to do this a long time ago. 
And who knows? Who knows where I would have been? Who knows where it could have taken me? So, there's nothing accomplished by doing nothing. Like, being, being, what's the word I'm looking for? You're condoning it with your inaction. And that was another thing the guy was talking about, is how everything needs to be reduced into the community and work your way outward from the community. And I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And maybe, maybe we will. Maybe we will. There was a lady that was on P. Evans' podcast. I'm, unfortunately, I don't remember all their names because there's so many of them. I mean, that guy's a beast, man. He puts out like four or five podcasts a week. But um, she was saying that you could trace the fall of humanity from the invention of the single-family household. And I thought there was some truth in that because I remember being in Europe and a lot of European families will have three generations or more under the same roof. And that's why you don't need daycare. You have grandparents. You don't need babysitters. You have your own parents. And it just creates such a little nexus, if that's the word, just such a tight family unit. Plus you have all those different levels of experience between the generations I don't know, man. It's brilliant. And I think that that's why suicide levels in the United States are higher than, than European counterparts because European counterparts are a lot, a lot more family-oriented. I was, I was telling uh, the missus last night about how we were watching Rick Stein. I love Rick Stein. I always watch Rick Stein. And it was Rick Stein's long weekends, and he was in Berlin, and at the very end of the episode, he goes to the Hofbrauhaus in Berlin, which was, it actually looked pretty cool. Like, I was like, the Bavarian, <laughs> the adopted Bavarian in me was like, oh, it's not going to be as good as Munich's and blah, blah, blah. But it actually looked like the Berliners take it pretty seriously because they were all in traditional dress and they had the polkas going and the food, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Who knows? Maybe it's all like Bavarians that live in Berlin, though. But anyway point was is that I'm looking around and it's like all these well and another one of the dinners not just there but a very traditional place he went to in Vienna did the same thing and I remember this from being in Europe when you're in Europe they seat any seat that's open so like in America if you're a four top and there's a couple at a two top that's a four person uh, six person table in America they'll say oh no that table's taken in Europe they'll sit you down with the couple they don't give a shit and I really feel like that's that sense of community that Europeans have is just, it's priceless. It's priceless. And then I thought in my head, well, what's the Western equivalent? The Western equivalent is the bar. And when you go to the bar, what are the most coveted seats at the bar? The ones at the bar. Because people want, even if they're not going to talk to one another, they at least want the option. And I've had, I've had great conversations all over the world just from sitting at a bar. Just from one little, you know, anecdote or comment or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're talking to each other about careers, life goals, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like one of those things where, uh, what, what's, what movie is that from? Where he's talking about single serve everything. Single, oh, um, Fight Club, where you're talking about, oh, single serve friends, single serve everything when you're 
traveling. And it's true, but I see the brilliance in single serve. And I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast or not, but I've mentioned it to people in my family. I've said, look, man, we've been stopped more times during coronavirus with our dog than the entire time we've had him because, and it's always elderly people. And it's because they're, dude, they're lonely. They're lonely. It just, it breaks my heart. We are human. We are not meant to be alone. I'm not saying there's a problem with being alone. I'm not saying you can't be alone. I'm saying it is in your DNA to be around other human beings. Period. It is part of you. And this is coming from someone who has spent immense amounts of time alone. I've purposely made, like, the vows of silence that monks take and whatnot, I've purposely tell myself, or have told myself, not to speak for X amount of time. Recently, well, not too recently now, it was quite a while ago, I'm, I'm definitely due, but I went camping up in the Blue Mountains, and I told myself when I got there, because you'd be surprised how often you talk to yourself, and I told myself when I got there, I caught myself saying things that I didn't need to say a couple times. And it was like, I don't know, maybe 2 o'clock, 2.30 in the afternoon. I said, I'm not going to say another word for the rest of the day. And I didn't. I didn't say one word the rest of the day. I didn't say anything at night. I read my book, fell asleep, woke up, got in the car, and then when I got service called my family and I don't know man there's just something I don't I don't remember this person I'm about I'm right I'm referencing all these people and I'm not giving any names today but there was someone that I saw on Instagram that talks about how this world that the shadow governments and everything has created is so inherently built as patterns and I, I know this is a fact because I've had my own spooky, um, I don't know how to explain it, um, spooky eye-opening experiences with how breaking a single pattern in my life changed completely my life. And every time you break a pattern, you're changing what the possibility, probability of the future will be. And I feel like when we're constantly talking to ourselves, you're stroking the ego. And the more the ego gets stroked, the less you can't get outside the ego. So the less you speak, the more you get to connect to that part that's different than the body. Like we're, we're all forgetting like the body is just your experience of this world. It's not everything. It's not you. It's not everything there is, will be, and ever shall be. It's just a tiny, 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 tiny little fraction so anyway let's see we covered trump taxes joe biden how do i even how do i even start there i mean this is like this guy i mean the amount of stink that people gave me close people to me very close people to me gave me when 
I don't I think it was the New York Times release that oh someone close to Trump heard Trump say that someone that said it and blah blah like telephone game he said well if they were so smart they shouldn't have died about a veteran that got blown up it's like Joe Biden stands in front of a Air Force grouping I don't know unit whatever tells a joke the joke's shit he's not funny <laughs> no one laughs and he says oh clap you stupid bastards <laughs> and I mean this is all caught on camera and I didn't believe it when it, I thought for sure that someone made this up there's more than one angle which tells me there's more than one person that has this video floating around on the internet <laughs> just like wow man this guy, like, not only is he just literally losing his mind to dementia, but he's turning into that asshole old man on the front lawn yelling at the kids to get off his grass. And he insulted veterans on top of it. Then you got all the veteran ballots that got thrown away in Pennsylvania. This is why I told guys when I was in Germany. I said that in Germany in 2012. They don't count absentee ballots. I know they don't. I know it. Because... All the people that I talked to, a lot of them anyway, when I was in the army, they wanted Ron Paul. Because Ron Paul was the only fucking guy running that wasn't pro-war and pro-regime change, as Tulsi Gabbard says. That's why I like Tulsi Gabbard. As soon as she said regime change wars, I said, she fucking knows what she's talking about. And it's something that she cares about because she's a veteran. So... It's just, it uh, oh, it pisses me off, man. Oh, speaking of, I tried to register for my absentee ballot yesterday because the State Department sent me a message saying, hey, if you want to vote on November 3rd, like, now's the time. Like, here's all the resources. So I click the resources. I get to Illinois' website. Fucking thing won't load. I've tried more than once, man. And this was in the evening here, so it would have been in the middle of the night. In the United States. Hold on, I'll be right back. I gotta get the dog. Anyway, sorry about that. Dog was outside and he wanted in. He's got me trained well, so all he gotta do is <laughs> bark at the door and someone will go get him eventually. It's not a bark that you can really ignore, so. Anyway, this whole war thing's got me thinking of another point I have here and the politicians being millionaires. How in the world... Did the Obamas buy a $12 million home in Martha's Vineyard? Like, what? Oh, book sales and all oh, this. And it's like, all right, well, if that's the route you want to go, let's, let's look at how many times Obama's gotten paid to speak at some fucking thing or consult some company or whatever. People have no idea how much money these guys are taking in, pushing out, pushing to a nonprofit. You want to talk about Trump tax evasion? Trump not paying tax? By the way, notice, they didn't say evasion, did they? No, because tax evasion says it's a crime. They, they're just saying, oh, $750, we got him. <laughs> we got him. Meanwhile, Gates is just pouring money into the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and vaccines all over the world and this and the other thing it's like he only paid 750 dollars 
Wow, man. I don't, I don't know. Part of me, when I saw that come out, I'm like, all right, yeah, that's kind of shit. Like, $750, that's... Guy's worth billions of dollars. He paid less than the average American does by a lot. By a lot, a lot. And then I thought, well, I mean, what are you going to do, man? If I was him, I'd have to do it too just to compete with the others. Like, that's, that's, that's the other thing people are ignoring. There's competition. He can't just be, like, shelling out all his, I'm a great American, said no one ever when they paid the fucking IRS. Oh, boy, man, I love doing my civic duty and paying the IRS more than what they're asking for. Yeah, okay. Anyway. We'll move on from that. I don't know. I, I kind of want to finish with this one because I don't think I'm going to get to these other points but um, I want to talk about politics globally and I think I touched on this in last week's it's that people have this like oh man like how did it happen how did it how did coronavirus happen how did the entire world turn into a bunch of morons overnight oh it's just politicians man it's just Gross incompetence. <laughs> that old, that old line. Oh, it's just, man, we're like so incompetent. Oh, okay. Dude, the reason why the entire world went under the same narrative at the exact same time is because there's 30 people that control a majority of the, wor the world's wealth. And those 30 people love to work together. Because when they work together, they make more money. And those 30 people have completely turned the world economy on its head. We are seeing the largest wealth redistribution in human history. I mean, these people have already held all the fucking cards for... I don't know, 2,000 years. These, pe these are the same people that have been financing war since we were fighting with sticks and stones. And they're getting richer now than they ever have before. Now, it, may, it, it makes me think of, for me, historically speaking, humans didn't really get rights until a mercantile class was developed. That's kind of when things started to change. Because as soon as you had, now, a, a good point to this story is so I'm reading this book about the Templars and it talks about how the Black Death was so potent that it killed a quarter of the world's po I think it killed more than a quarter of the world's population but everyone was affected it wasn't like coronavirus where you got to be like 70 years old and with like I don't know 10 different comorbidities to die it was everyone died, one in four. It didn't matter how old you were. It didn't matter how healthy you were. It didn't matter your race, any of that. It killed a shitload of people. And part of the backfire to that was that it killed the trades classes. Everyone who had a trades, you know, masons and carpenters and whatever, shoemakers, I mean, everything. The guys that make nets. Like, <laughs> I forget what it's called. There's an actual... Um, profession called that i forget 
I'm pretty sure they mentioned in that movie a night's tale because that's what his dad does in the movie. But anyway, point is, is that because it killed so many people, it made it so that the prices that these people could charge kept going up because they literally couldn't do the work. They literally did not have enough hours in the day to complete the tasks that were being asked of them. And this is why England came up with all these laws and they were trying to make basically a legal standard for how much someone of a trade could charge for any given job. And then it got into, well, they basically were having these people swear uh, fealty and this and that and the other thing. Long story short, it led to a revolution. And I think that's just such a fitting theme to show how being independent and having a trade and being able to produce an actual something versus politicians who produce actual nothings is such a threat to the, to the higher classes. I mean, seriously, I, I think about this, especially in Australia with the truck drivers. These fucking truck drivers, man, I I, I think I, I might have mentioned this on a podcast before too. It's like, you'd be hard-pressed to see a triple trailer in the U.S. I mean hard-pressed, very hard-pressed. I've seen episodes of Outback Trucker where these guys are towing seven. Seven. It's insane. The, the, what the blue-collar world class gets done is mind-blowing to me. And I've said it on the podcast before. If you're boardroom members, if you're, you know, elite admin class didn't show up to, to, to work no one would notice but the janitor doesn't show up you would so where are our priorities and this isn't an argument for Marxism this is an argument for the world goes round because hard working people make it the world does not go round because people sit in their office, blow cocaine, and gamble on the market. That's not what makes the world go round. And I'm sure there's an argument, oh, well, you know, they, they're the ones paying everything and this, that, and the other thing. It's like, yeah, I get it. I'm not arguing that. What I'm arguing for is that middle class people do a ton of work. And this is why you've seen the slow destruction of the middle class especially in America. And I'm all about, this is where I'm, I'm not a Marxist at all. I've, I'm all about people keeping their own money. And I'm all about people progressing their communities. We don't need government for that. Like, I, I wish I could sit in a room with some of the framers of the Constitution and talk about the role of government. Because to someone like me, the government's role is really just roads, maritime, military, and international trade. I mean, that's it. And back in the day when the government ran out of money, they didn't just slap an income tax on the populace. They had to figure their shit out and balance the fucking budget. Otherwise, their currency was going to be worth jack shit. But... Hey, man, this is where we find ourselves in 2020. 
So, anyway, apologies for the delay. It, uh, I know content is absolutely paramount, especially when it comes to podcasts and whatnot. And, you know, at the end of the day, if the content's not there, then people go elsewhere. And I, I don't blame, I wouldn't blame any of my listeners to go do that because that's what you deserve. You deserve someone who's going to come on here when they say they're going to come on here and deliver what you want to hear. So for that, I will do a podcast on Friday as well. And then we'll go back to one a week after that. And um, I don't know, maybe I'll start thinking about getting other people on here with me. That's all, you know, scheduling stuff that I got to figure out. But if I could get it, so maybe I do one by myself a week and then maybe one with a guest. That that would be that would be nice. That'd be better. That'd be a lot a lot smoother. And uh plus I feel like I always talk better when I have someone with me versus me just talking into a microphone. I don't know, it's just something about me. It's like it's like a a flame just gets lit and I just I don't know. The passion that I feel when I'm talking to other people is stronger than always than when I'm by myself. So, um, yeah. With that, uh, I hope everyone had a good weekend and uh, join your work week so far. And, uh, yeah.